and welcome to Unwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about store ideas that they'll never get around to writing. Buy one idea and get one free. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas, and we'll give your story a shout-out in a subsequent episode. You know, you say buy one, get one free, but they are all free. So just take it, and then take another one, and then just mash them together. Yes, take one, and then take another one for free. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> okay. So... I do believe this week we've got a little bit of a special thing. Oh, wait. We should introduce ourselves first. Introduce yourself. I forget about that, you know? <laughs> I think they know who I am by now, but if they don't, I'm Atheo, writer of many genres and general person of mystery. There we go. Hi, I'm Eunice. I write a lot less, but I'm a lot less mysterious about it, so I think I have actually more, more stuff available publicly to be read. <laughs> Just, like, number of words. Well, I mean, that depends what you mean, actually. Like, if you mean under the Eunice name, if you mean under all of the names I use, it's probably about the same, or I might have a slight edge. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a, that's a lot. Uh, I do a lot of things other than writing. I'm currently uh, assembling a crochet slowpoke. To go with all your crochet slimes? Either way, we do have a little bit of a special episode this week. <laughs> yeah! Do you want to introduce it, or should I, given that it's going to be, uh, you're the one bringing this thing to the, the table? Okay, I'll introduce it. So, in my, uh, you know, procrastination and, and not writing, I uh, spend a lot of times on, on forums and, and reddits about writing, giving advice to people who spend more time writing than I do. And a very common uh, question that seems to pop up for newbie writers is, how do I prevent people from stealing my ideas if I post them online? Because they're so great and original, and like if it, they get stolen, that would be bad. And I always roll my eyes and say, don't worry, your ideas aren't worth stealing. Yeah, so... To show you guys the point of nothing under the sun is original and that no matter how overdone something is or how done something is, you can still write it again in a completely new way. We are doing an episode where we take a world from a, like an established writer, a true published, traditionally published story, and we rework it to be a completely different story. Yeah, and she's the one who's bringing this idea to the table because I don't read a whole lot of trad pub. <laughs> and much as I might want to bring attention to somebody who's got, like, you know, a thousand books sold in the last year and a half, I'm not sure that that's necessarily the best thing to rework if we want you to be sure that uh, we're making changes. Yeah. So... We've decided to go with a mediumly well-known author who is sometimes on the best-selling charts, but I highly doubt that the majority of the listener will have read her work. And uh, because I spend a lot of time reading nonsense uh, romance novels, we're going to go with the genre of paranormal romance. I see. It also has the benefit of having, uh, frequently having some interesting fantasy ideas that are very poorly executed in favor of advancing the nonsense romance plot. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm not prepared, but you know what? I am ready. Hit me. Let's do this. 
Okay, so the author that I'm going with is named Nalini Singh, S-I-N-G-H, and she is a, uh, I think like, New, from New Zealand, uh, and her most popular uh, romance, paranormal romance series is called uh, Psy Changeling, P-S-Y dash Changeling, and so this is a, a world where there are uh, people who have a variety of psychic powers, and they're called Psy for short. Um, th this ranges from everything from like seeing the future to basic telepathy, uh, telekinesis, and, and a variety of similar and also strange powers. There's also uh, changelings, which are shapeshifters, and they, they can, they're born with the ability to change from human form to various animals, and uh, they tend to live in societies that uh, reflect the social nature of whatever animal they change into, so like packs or... The fake social nature, you mean? Of the animals that they... Yeah, so like, what? do the wolves display alpha, beta dynamics? Uh, well, yes, but in a very uh, romance novel type of way. Oh, lovely. I, <laughs> I already hate it. <laughs> yeah um so the initial conflict of this this world is that uh the psychic people are prone to high levels of insanity and about 50 years before the first book in the series they start they thought it would be a great idea to try and uh condition violent emotions out of their children because uh when people were going insane they were kind of going on murder sprees you know that actually sounds kind of counterproductive but i'll get to that later <laughs> and then when that didn't work uh they decided that they would try to just condition all emotion out of the children oh boy look at this romance novel setup <laughs> i see it already kill me and then this was apparently successful. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the world just starts with... So this... it's successful. Yes. Like, so if you're going to build a romance novel around this, you're losing... You're, like, what are you trying to do? You're intentionally trying to destroy the thing that made people not go on murderous rampages? Like, don't get me wrong, it's still monstrous, but, like, it's making them not go on murderous rampages so maybe they have a point well um the the well because it's a romance novel series so apparently it wasn't as effective at decreasing psychopathy and uh serial killing as it was uh popularly reported to be so there it turns out that the government is actually hiding some of the serial killers um lovely that are still out there <laughs> Even better. Yeah. You know, I would say something about the government wouldn't do that, but it absolutely would. Yeah, especially the useful, the ones that have useful powers. They kind of just uh, cover it up. Yeah. So then the world is, uh, is kind of split into three. You have the changeling shapeshifter people who are like very territorial and kind of keep to their themselves. And then you have these psi people who are like coldly emotionless and take 
pride in like just being fully logical in all of their decisions all the time and they tend to like dominate in the fields of like business and and uh not so much in the arts see but the thing about business is the highest paid ceos are actually just the ones who look the most ceo like which is very silly but you know yeah they do they do things like uh have a fertilization contracts and breed for looks and intelligence and things like that rather than you know getting married and then you have just re- regular old humans who have no powers and are just kind of stuck in between <laughs> okay is there anything preventing one of these um these shapeshifter types from being one of the psi types uh, so they're all subspecies of human, and uh, before the, the this uh, conditioning of all emotions out of the Psy people, they regularly did get married and have like half kids that tended to have you know some some characteristics of each. But ever since the the silence protocol, as they call it, was put into place, that kind of stopped. Do they need to name these, like, supervillains? <laughs> um, yes, because, you know, it's bad guys, and it's a paranormal romance series. <laughs> okay, so, first thing off, I, I want to scrap, like, half of it, just off the bat. Like, fucking why? Okay, so, first thing, scrap the animal dynamics in the, in the shapeshifters, because it doesn't make any sense. Like, people people ascribe sort of motivations to animals that they don't have, and they also just, like, completely forget that animals kind of have emotions, too, mm-hmm. or at least have reactions. So, like, just right off the bat, you kind of need to go, okay, so this whole, they have, like, weird pack dynamics, and it's like, well, okay, so are they, like trapped in a cage because that's where these wolf dynamics appear and even then it's not like really there so you have to you have to just kind of back off that whole nonsense second thing my bet is that in the actual stories the shapeshifters are all like the common types like wolves and t- and such or am i wrong here there uh like the majority of uh, you know, because, you know, every book is centered around a couple getting together. So the majority of, of the cast for the first few dozen books is, is wolves and leopards, which don't live in packs, but I never see. mind. Um, and then, they, you know, the author starts branching out into weird marine mammals and, and, and other nonsense. Um, I don't know. Let's kick it off with pigeons and opossums. <laughs> Oh, and there's some were-rats in there as well. There you go. I still like the pigeons and opossums, you know. Gotta get those, gotta get those, um, usually people look at the animals as, you know, a little bit trashy. But, you know, pigeons are great. They show up in flocks. They are smart. They can fly. I consider were-pigeon the best. Okay, so... (laughs) Okay. Also... This silence protocol. Why must you name it like a supervillain? Is there a point to it? 
because it's bad. Okay, but then you want to name it something that's like innocuously good, right? So like maybe the psychic temperance program or something. <laughs> okay, the psychic temperance movement. Not movement program. Okay. Maybe it was started by the psychic temperance movement, but you know, but just I, I sorry I still can't get over that the silence protocol is it spelled <laughs> P S Y L I N C E two. No, just regular silence. Oh, okay. So not quite full supervillain yet. No. <laughs> okay. Another thing. Why did they think that would work? Uh, well, so these two uh, scientists did it to their children, and then it looked like it was working. So then uh, more children were enrolled, and then it still looked like it was working. So then they just made everyone do it. Okay. And based on what you've said, a bunch of these Psy people are in the government, and they know that it doesn't actually work that well. So why the fuck are they still covering it up if they don't have emotion? Uh, well, it seems to work, like, okay. Like, definitely there's less episodes of people suddenly going into killing sprees, but the propaganda is that it's reduced it to zero, which is just not true. Okay, but given their, like, cold, emotionless logic, apparently, it doesn't make any sense for them to hide that fact. I guess the current ruling council doesn't want their personal power threatened by, uh, by this. But that's not, like, cold, emotionless logic. That's self-interest and emotion. Well, yeah, so... Turns out, they're not truly emotionless, are they? <laughs> so, the protocol fails on many fronts. So friends. they're just taught to be a bunch of jerks, got it. They're basically conditioned to be sociopaths, yes. Great, great. That's not a problem at all. That's not an enormous mm-hmm. issue. That's obviously a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh-huh. And even more than that, wouldn't it just be better to teach them to deal with negative emotion, just in general? Instead of just be like, don't feel it. Murder everybody. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it gets in the later books, they're trying to find a happy medium. Look, bring them to a therapist and go, look, <laughs> you'll occasionally get the urge to murder everybody around you. You, in this particular case, have that power. Don't do it. Yeah. It just seems very set up for a romance, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it is. It it really is. So I do like, I do sort of like the whole, um, there's two groups of like human that are, that are like different in some way. Um, What I don't necessarily like is just how extreme they decided to lead lean into both sides instead of you know understanding that the human part is still going to be there so i think the first change that i would make just outright other than obviously making the the changeling types into different animals instead of just the ones that you would expect i think the first change that i make that i would make just outright is to make the psi people less stupid <laughs> okay so, first thing they do is, you know, 
realize that teaching children to be sociopathic maybe not the best decision they ever made so mm-hmm. <laughs> let's have them instead um live live in like close knit groups because they want to try to both protect their own and protect like the normal humans so instead of instead of uh integrating into society as a bunch of weirdly high functioning sociopaths they instead decide to segregate themselves off into like communities and like whenever one of them goes crazy they stop that person and then they just pretend they're like "Mm, yeah so this keeps happening but not as much anymore and nobody gets hurt outside of us so you can deal with that okay uh i i assume that they're still searching for a better solution in the yeah yeah i would say they're like still searching for a better solution Maybe they haven't quite gotten to the, you know, to the therapy solution yet, but <laughs> they're working on it, you know? They're making an attempt. So it turns out in this in this iteration, it's the Psy people who are the reclusive ones. Yeah, because that makes more sense. Because, like, why would, why would somebody who can turn into an animal be all reclusive? That doesn't make any sense. Mm, I mean, yeah. Like... Maybe if they were like a maybe if they were like a reclusive animal type, but even then that would be alone and not in groups. Like it just they're people too, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just uh in the series they tend to like living just on the edge of like national parks and like they really don't like urban places, which Okay. But you could have like they live near an urban place, and that that works. Like yeah. between a national park and an urban place, and that works just fine. And it's not like super segregated off from the rest of humanity for no good reason. Yeah, and on if we if we have were pigeons, I suppose they'd be comfortable in an urban environment. Yeah, I, yeah, that's the other thing. Like you realize there are animals that are very comfortable in urban environments, right? Okay. Like there's pigeons, and then you could have like a were cat type. Okay, and wear raccoons. Wear raccoons, wear opossums. Okay, so we'll we'll emphasize those. Well, not even just emphasize them, just like their existence means that you can't make any sweeping generalizations about these changeling types. And then on top of that, like, even the most wild of animals can not necessarily be tamed, but, like, be sort of socialized to a more to a more human-like state of being. Mm-hmm. And given that they're half-human to begin with, it's not it's not out of the question, right? Yeah. So, realistically, I think they'd just be, like, more generally part of society. I wouldn't put them in charge of anything, because it's not like turning into, a, turning into an opossum makes you a better politician or anything. Like... <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Maybe what do you mean, who knows? <laughs> I know, it's pretty obvious. It's like, oh, hey... You can do this cool thing. That doesn't make you better. It just makes you different. Like, and a lot of the time, it's like, if you can turn into an animal, like, sometimes you can get some advantages out of that. But the other half of that is, like, you lose the opposable thumbs. (laughs) So, I mean, it's just, like, a cool thing that some people can do as opposed to that. So so we've got the uh, reclusive rich people, a.k.a. the side people. We have the... um, part of society changeling types 
even if they like askew big cities for some reason we can just we can just say that like they skew city centers or something and then they just have other communities and they're like spread out <laughs> they're all about the um near suburban lifestyle except not like the suburban where it's like the suburban sprawl but the suburban like yeah we're kind of near a city but there's like wilderness three miles that way um let's see what else do we have i mean those are the the two big primary things but that like kind of fundamentally changes the way things work doesn't it so you have i don't know let's let's build a romantic couple now that we have like a significantly changed world because because of that uh actually first thing i think would be i just want to get rid of the silence protocol entirely but i also think that it could turn into like a like a villain type force just like somebody's trying mm-hmm. to implement a new thing that they call the silence protocol that like they claim completely removes this this evil of going crazy and killing everybody from the from the side people okay so i think we can yeah like it, we can still make the the problem of the insanity like one of the main problems in the story and in Instead of starting it in a world where the silence protocol is already, like, commonly done to children for, like, two generations, like, start it where someone's proposing the silence protocol. And, uh... I wouldn't say proposing. I would think... I would actually go more along the lines of somebody who's, like, really charismatic and stupid is trying to, like, get elected on it in a government or something. (laughs) Yeah, like, okay, yeah, someone's, like, actually, it's popularizing it uh, and trying to sell it as a viable solution to... All of these psi killers, we need to get rid of them. My scientists have come up with a new idea called the Silence Protocol, and this time we actually do add P-S-Y-L-I-N-C-E. Oh, you no. Know, gotta go all the way. Okay. And then the... Come on, if you're committing to the supervillain, commit to the bit. Anyways. Well, okay. Well, yeah, we have a supervillain now. Uh, and then, yeah, like, it's, like, this person is actually, you know, just secretly trying to, like, program, like, children into being his slaves or something in a bid for power. I wouldn't even say in like a bid for, for power. I would say I would say something like it. It's not successful at all. He's just trying to wipe out the Psy people and make them controllable by other by the government overall. Okay. So it's like a bid for power, but it's not like a direct bid for power where he's trying to turn them into his slaves. He's just trying to turn them into faithful servants for whoever's in power, and then he just wants to be the one in power. Okay, and then you know we could have. Our our couple in you know be like a, a a scientist or activist who's desperately trying to stop this crazy dude. Uh, Why not both scientists slash activist? Yeah, a scientist activist, and then you know uh, we like one of the people's got to be the 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 cool the reclusive type. Um, Do they though? Yeah, have you ever read a romance novel? <laughs> yeah, but like the cool reclusive type doesn't really feature in the ones that I read. <laughs> really? Well, 
Okay, well, the, always one of them is supposed to be cold and emotionless Look, in this series. Sometimes, sometimes mm-hmm. I read one where, like, somebody is supposed to be cold and emotionless, but they're, like, the main character, and then inside they're just, like, a constant mess, and I love it. I, I don't know what kind of weird-ass romances you're reading, but they're clearly not generic romances. I'm well aware. That's why we <laughs> took one of your ideas. <laughs> Gotta look cool, calm, and collected from the outside, while on the inside, you're panicking. Absolutely yeah. ideal. I love it. It's not, that's not how romances go. We're, we're doing an idealistic... Go. We're doing an idealistic some, like, person who needs help, and then an emotionally cold person who reluctantly helps and then falls in love, okay? <laughs> But I don't want to do that. No, we're doing a romance the proper way. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just don't want to make them, like, that way because they were forced to be that way. Because that's <coughs> gross. No, they weren't programmed to be that way. We should make the emotionally cold guy, like, ironically a lone wolf. Because, like... He's like from. Let's say we'll make it a guy who's supposed to be from like a social species, but he just happens to like not be social. I see. I like it. And then, uh, why? Like, why is he helpful to to the the sci person, the girl? I assume the scientist slash activist girl. Yeah, her. <laughs> like. He has to know things. You know, just the it, just the fact that they're called Psy makes me want to stick that PSY onto the front of things, like the scientist. Oh, God. <laughs> She's a scientist. Oh, no. Here come the Psy puns. Yeah, but, like, I mean, that's a little bit silly, but, you know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, maybe the person running is just, like, maybe the person running it's just, like, the dad of a guy he doesn't like, and he finds this activist who's just, like, doing something on their own, and he's like, yeah, I want to help you. <laughs> okay, so... Just because he... I, don't, I don't like that guy's third son, because he was mean to me in high school. <laughs> just some <laughs> absolutely, like, ridiculously petty reason. Okay, he, he's basically found a convenient way to embarrass the, the politician dude. Yeah, and he's he's going for it, even though he 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 doesn't really care about the fate of the children. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now we've got our full sociopathic romance hero as normal, apparently. He's not supposed to be sociopathic. He's supposed to be like, you know, classically just close inhibited because he's a man, but he can open up to the girl because she's. Special. Gross. (laughs) I hate its very existence, but you know what? We're going to stick with it. So he he starts with this, like, really petty idea to to take down this one guy because he doesn't like his son and wants them to stop. Um, And then they start working together. They start ginning up, like, protests and stuff of... This guy, they start, you know, preventing him from trying to win. And then we, we need to build to a climax. What do, what do we have here? We have, you know, we have the pieces for something. 
where you could just be like, he's the polls are constantly trending in the in the crazy guy's favor. Mm-hmm. And so right at the end, um, our emotionally distant hero finally like gives in and he's like, well, I know that you're actually like really trying to prevent this instead of just embarrassing him. So I guess I can get over my lone, my lone wolf self, my lone pigeon self and go talk to my family and get them to help. Okay. So he belongs to an influential slash. I don't know about influential, but like large and connected. Okay. So he, he accesses the pigeon networks for information. (laughs) (laughs) Not, not for information. Just like he reaches out to them and says like, Hey, I know that you guys are like generally don't have an opinion on this because this isn't in the area where you live, but like, could we get your help with this? Okay, so he he gets the pigeons to join the Psy cause. Yeah. Okay, and then maybe the changelings don't normally like mess with uh, any regulations regarding the Psy people because they're like. Yeah, none of our like, business. That's not our problem. They live off on their own, and we just kind of deal with ourselves. Yeah, but then they're like, maybe we shouldn't approve of people brainwashing children. <laughs> Entirely because they're one of the subspecies of human. Because, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but we're one of those subspecies of human. Yeah! So, okay. Something, something, first they came. <laughs> and then... I suppose they better figure out like a alternative or at least the beginnings of an alternative solution to the bouts of serial killing that go on. Yeah, I mean, I would think that that would be going on in the background, given that that's like the scientist thing is that like she should be uh, working on ways to actually prevent the serial killing. And then she's like, look, this silence protocol thing, it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, because it's like a paranormal, it's a, it's a romance, it's paranormal romance. It ends up being something ridiculously, like, nonsensical and cutesy, like just more love or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 no, that's fine. Just given that we're going for a romance anyway, might as well. Or it's something, like, silly, like, actually, we just need more interbreeding. It's just too much inbreeding. You gotta... Get out more. <laughs> See, I find that hilarious, but let's go for it. I like it. Okay. See, then... you know this compound thing that we've been doing to prevent people to prevent the crazies from killing people. Turns out <laughs> we're breeding more crazies. Gotta get out there, and then you know the researcher marries the pigeon and has half were pigeon psychic children, and none of them are crazy. Exactly. <laughs> there's like 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 when one of the psychics has a kid with a human, there's like a I don't know, five percent chance for them to go crazy at some point in their life. They have kids with one of the changelings and it's like point one percent or something. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So then, you know, they start uh... But then when those kids have kids, they should have kids with humans. Like pure yeah. normal humans. You gotta have a good mix, or or else the crazy genes start stacking up. Stupid crazy (laughs) genes. It's not real. Excuse me. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah. 
So then they start, you know, a dating site specifically to match. <laughs> The, the entirety the... of book two is just like creating a dating site for these <laughs> for supernatural races. Yeah. And then Well, okay. See, there has to be some kind of ongoing plot that can lead to a multi-book series where it constantly people are getting paired up and and falling in love. Does it though? Well, if it's gonna be a proper romance series, yes. Ew. Okay, <laughs> what do we want our overarching conflict to be? Um, like, who, yeah, what is the conflict? Are there, like, people who are opposed to all of this? I mean, I figure there would be a significant number of people who are opposed to, like, these, like, weird psi groupings falling apart, both of the uh, psi variety, the human, well, of the psi variety, human variety, and changing variety, so... Okay, so we get, we got to fight the xenophobia. Yeah, Bo- book the... one is about uh, destroying societies that exist, and then the other books are about, hey, society's falling apart. Let's uh, <laughs> let's figure something out here. Yeah, and then you know, there there's the crazy people who who want to uh, stick with the capital P purity, uh, <laughs> even though it makes them crazy literally makes you serial killers but you know yeah. what but they don't want their their psychic powers weakened their psychic powers don't weaken <laughs> which is the funny thing like you make it so that the psychic powers don't even weaken they literally no. just <laughs> they just gain the ability to turn into pigeons as well psychic pigeons <laughs> scary scary thought <laughs> pigeons with telekinesis <laughs> now they don't need opposable thumbs yeah, and pigeons with telepathy. They don't need to be able to talk. Carrier pigeons, except, like, they're, like, essentially Amazon delivery. <laughs> exactly. Enough enough telepathy to pick up, like, an entire truck's worth of boxes just fly all over the city. <laughs> you know, some of the more powerful ones can just teleport them directly. Even better, you know? <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you have people seeing the possibilities, and then you got... The hidebound people being annoying. Exactly. You make this a huge political conflict. And even better, there's like local scale political conflicts while there's this national scale political conflict. And the national scale political conflicts can just be like going on in the background for most of the books. Okay. And then, you know, you can just introduce a series of weirder and weirder uh, changeling animals. And then by the time you get to book five, you're, you've, like, set up so much for weirdness that people are, like, expecting expecting your next one to be, like, a weird tardigrade or something. That's when you go with the werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to subvert those expectations. Exactly. That's what it's all about. But never repeat an animal. Never. Book three, wear gorilla. Well, that's just <laughs> weird. <laughs> I know it's weird. That's the point. <laughs> like, why didn't? Like, why do you exclude monkeys from what people can turn into? It's like you got to What four-legged land mammals are your only option? Gross. No, but it's just it seems redundant to change into another primate. Yeah, but like it's not like this came about intentionally. I would think. 
who knows? Well, then we have to get into the origin story of changelings. Maybe if it if it was people thought it'd be cool to turn into something and then they did, then there would be no were primates. No, if people thought it would be cool to turn into something and then they did, then there would be were primates. Now, if people I... thought it would be useful to turn into something, maybe not. Okay, so we'll we'll let whoever writes this decide whether there are weird primates. <laughs> I'm See, voting against. I find the idea of weird primates hilarious because it's just like, okay, but why? <laughs> it's so redundant. It's like, yeah, you still have opposable thumbs. Yeah, that's what makes it hilarious. It's like, so you just changed. And not even, like, primates. I'm talking, like, great apes specifically. Because if you turn into, um, ah, lemurs, there would be a significant change, right? But if you turned into, like, a bonobo or a gorilla, it's like, okay, but why? Okay, now you're a different size. Yeah, lemurs lemurs are a different size, too. But they also, like, have significant changes in the way they work, right? Yeah. And you could also turn into, um... Aren't they just called New World Apes? Uh, I think so. It's such a stupid name. But you could turn into those, and then you'd get, like, the gripping tail, and you'd have another significant change. Mm-hmm. But if you turn into Old World... If you turn into, like, Old World Great Apes, it's like, but but why? <laughs> There's no why. Which is Absolutely. the funny part. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we we have... The first main characters and the conflict and the world. How, wait, how do regular humans fit into all this? I would figure that they're sort of like regular people in the real world. So they're just like all around. In the original series, they kind of get, in, they get their minds, uh, you know, psychically invaded quite frequently. And then... I don't think they would be big fans of that. Yeah. Uh, just in general. Yeah. They, they, I think they built a like computer chip that nullifies the ability to do that in the original series. I mean, they probably would have just built that chip and then it's just like, okay. But it's like something they can turn off intentionally, right? I mean, you could, you could have it so that it's like a chip that like you, you, you have on and, or like you have implanted or something. And then it's like a six-digit code that you need to type into a phone and then, like, touch to the back of your neck. Okay. So <laughs> you can, like, intentionally turn it off so that you can interact with the psychics if you want to. Okay. You give them the password to your brain. <laughs> I, I don't think you would give anybody else the brain password. I mean, you would in a romance novel. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> to show your deep love and trust of the other person. That might be a little bit too deep of a trust <laughs> for the other person. Um, that is, have you ever read a romance novel? <laughs> I have, but not, I think, the type that you have. Well, I just read the generic ones. Yeah, that's the problem. That's not the problem. <laughs> it's just weird. Oh, this man. is what I get for never reading straight romance. <laughs> I don't even know the tropes. <sighs> You have to know the tropes so you can make fun of them. Yeah, but that would involve reading straight romance. 
That's, that's true, but it's fine. Sometimes, sometimes it's really bad. Sometimes it's real, real cringy. But you know. Either way. Okay. Okay. So we've got our world. We've got our main characters for the first book. We've got some of the, some of the fun things that can happen. Do you think we need anything else for this episode? Nah, I think we're good. All right. So I don't, I don't necessarily think anybody's gonna take this idea and start a long-running paranormal romance novel series. But if you did, there is no way that the original author could sue you and uh, win, because even That's though not how copyright works, yeah. Even though it's kind of on the same premise, it's completely different. And the points to it are different, because uh, we brought up sort of politics a lot more than I think was part of the original. It's different politics anyways. Well, yeah. yeah. Of a different sort. Yeah. So, uh, we hope you found this exercise illuminating. Uh, if... If perhaps less interesting than the others. It's yeah. unfortunate that we couldn't come up with everything, but you know, sometimes you just gotta write something that's a little bit less creative than monstrous. I mean, honestly, if you if you wanna write paranormal romance, like you put put the heavy part in the romance and not so much on the world building if you wanna be successful. <laughs> Although you could also make your world building at least make sense. I yeah. do enjoy when the world building makes sense, even if it's not perhaps the primary intent. Yeah. Um, okay. And really, don't worry about your ideas being stolen. Nobody wants them. <laughs> and it's not even necessarily that nobody wants them. It's that, like, the market for your story does not disappear when somebody else writes something fairly similar based on a, a similar set of ideas. The market for your story only disappears if somebody takes your story. If you take an idea and it turns into like a subgenre or a genre, then that just increases the audience for your work. Exactly. So chill out about it. Your ideas are not worth stealing by just by virtue of them being a great idea. Your ideas are worth stealing if and only if you think you can make a good story out of them. Exactly. Okay, and yeah, only you can write the story that you that you write, even if somebody has the exact same premise. Exactly. So if you do end up writing something with any of our ideas, you can email us at listeners@unimaginings.com. If you liked this episode format, uh, email us. Let us know. Or if you think it would be interesting to do a particular series in the future and rehash whatever world that is, you can also email us, and uh, we may or may not do that in the future. If you absolutely hated this, you know, email us, and we might stop doing it in the future. Do remember to rate us and share us with your friends if you really want, if your friends are also willing to listen to a couple of people ramble on for a few hours. Yeah. Although probably 30 minutes at a time is, I think, what we've ended up at. 30, 40 minutes. Sometimes an hour if the story gets particularly multi-book. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Either way, 
Thanks for listening, and I do believe we'll see you next week. Bye.